Welcome into the UGA Football Live podcast. I'm your host, J.C. Shelton, in partnership with UGA Wire of the USA Today's College Wire Network. What's up, everyone? It's our fifth episode of the season, our first off-week episode. Georgia's coming off 41-24 loss at Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Uh, They're on a much-needed bye this week after Florida's COVID outbreak forced the SEC to mix up the scheduling, which means Georgia's game now versus Kentucky that was originally scheduled for the 24th is now scheduled for the 31st. It was a tough Saturday for dog fans and really a rough weekend for Georgia sports fans. My Braves lost Game 7, blowing a 3-1 lead to the Dodgers in the NLCS on Saturday. And then the Falcons won their first game of the season on Sunday, which in doing that, they may have actually knocked themselves out of an opportunity to draft Trevor Lawrence. So I'm really just mentally recovering from all the stress of the weekend still at this point. I have become just a callus for bad performances from Georgia sports teams. But heads up, Dog Nation, we are still in the running for the college football playoff and have a lot of season left. Make sure to get caught up on all things Georgia football and visit us at UGAWire.com, a part of the USA Today's College Wire Network. We have injury reports, game highlights, recruiting updates, whatever you need to know about Georgia football. So check us out there. Fun show this week. Got a new segment where I pick my winners versus the spread of the top games of the upcoming college football weekend. That plus the dogs in the NFL is coming up later. But first, unfortunately, I have to break down this Georgia-Alabama game. It was painful to watch the tape back, but I made my way through it. And to be honest with you, it wasn't a beatdown like it felt like on Saturday night. And we may have everyone right where we want them to make a run. I'm just saying there were a lot of positives along with the missed opportunities. So on to our Georgia-Alabama recap. Georgia's offensive line moved well in the early going. I mean, UGA had 50 rushing yards on the first touchdown drive, which ended with the Zamir White touchdown. You look at that play, and the right side of the Bulldog line just just really blew up Bama. Ben Cleveland and Warren McClendon really demolished those guys inside on the D-line of Alabama, and Zeus made it look really easy getting to the end zone. And then Georgia stuffed Alabama on its next three drives. So a really good start for Georgia by not letting this Alabama offense get in rhythm and keeping them off the field. Then Stetson Bennett hit James Cook on that long touchdown pass, which made it 14-7. A great throw and catch there. I really loved how Stetson stood in the pocket, took the shot to the mismatch he knew he had, which was you know James Cook's speed on Alabama's linebacker. I mean, even with the rusher coming for his head from the left side, he still made the throw. So, you know, Georgia had the momentum at this point. Still early on in the second quarter, Bama's next drive, Tyreek Stevenson almost picked Mac Jones on that comeback route, but then, you know, somehow D. Smith, Devontae Smith from Alabama, somehow grabbed it first, you know, came back to the ball. He was so good at coming back to the ball and getting open, even when Georgia was covering for four or five seconds. And Mac Jones was just sitting back in the pocket waiting for somebody to come open. But he was able to come back to the ball, and that was a big missed opportunity there. And Bama had a third and 19 on that same drive. And of course, Eric Stokes gets called for a holding there and they get a new set of downs in the red zone and they hit an easy field goal. So now it's 14-10 and Georgia continues to pound inside the tackles with the run game and Alabama's defense is giving up some space. I mean, these guys were getting moved off the spot 
and there was five or six yards of running room for each carry it felt like that Georgia had. Georgia really uses the run game and drives down, hits a field goal, which could have been a touchdown drive potentially, but another deflection by Stetson Bennett's pass over the big defensive line of Alabama. Bama gets the ball back, goes 75 yards on six plays, You know, ends with a touchdown to Devontae Smith over Tyreek Stevenson there. So now Georgia gets the ball with three minutes left in the first half and two timeouts with the game tied at 17. And this is where Bennett, you know, started to try and maybe do too much each play. Maybe because of how good Alabama looked on their last drive. But, you know, regardless, after a good throw to Pickens on the sideline, he tried to force one to Jermaine Burton in triple coverage, which he was lucky wasn't picked off there. Then he missed Big O in the back of the end zone. I don't know how he did that one. He's got to get those throws right after the receiver's break. He, he kind of waited too long there. You know, Big O is 6'7". You know, throw it high and early and let him make a play on it. Give him some space and some time to go up and get it. You know, then, then the next play, he sails one over Burton, too. You know, another easy missed touchdown. So Bennett almost threw a pick and missed two wide-open touchdown throws. But somehow Georgia still walked away with seven points on that drive after a third and goal to Burton, uh, which he was able to hit. Good pass and catch there. You know, you have to give credit to those points, I think, to the offensive line. You know, Bennett made a throw and Burton made the catch, but Bennett really had time to throw all drive. And the running backs were picking up four at a time, like I said, still. So, And then Bama hit a quick field goal right before half, which really stung because they didn't have much time at all, and they were barely able to stop the clock and get a field goal in. So 24-20 at the half. Georgia had the momentum at this point, really. Georgia got the ball to start the second half, too, so they really could have went up 11 with a touchdown drive, which had made it a huge, huge advantage for Georgia with how the defense was playing. But Burton drops a critical third-down pass to force a Georgia punt, and then Georgia's defense – you know, comes in clutch again, saves the offense, forces a Bama punt, mainly because of a huge sack by Nakobe Dean, which really put them out of field goal range. Um, you know, Georgia needed points there in a hurry with how good Alabama's offense looked on their first drive of the second half. But Georgia stalled at midfield. Then Mac Jones hits Waddle on the 90-yard touchdown. And it all went downhill for Georgia from there. I mean, on the next drive, we moved the ball well to Bama territory, but then, you know, Bennett's interception off the drop by Burton marked the turning point. And I think Bama felt it too. I mean, they ran the flea flicker to D. Smith, which set them up in the red zone. And this is really all off momentum. I mean, it's only a few plays ago that Georgia was driving with the lead, and now Alabama is about to score and take over the lead of the game, you know. Then, of course, the P.I. call against Stokes in the end zone, which resulted in Najee Harris' touchdown. You know, that score would have never happened if the pass interference by Stokes, which wasn't pass interference, he played it perfectly, and somehow Bama was rewarded just for running out of bounds. I mean, as an outside corner, you want your leverage to be inside, and then you want to find the ball, and he did both of those. He found the ball, his leverage was inside, and he rode the receiver out of bounds. But the receiver, you know, ran himself out of bounds, and that's what you're taught to do. Somehow he gets called for it there, and it just made no sense, but... Nothing you really can do about that. So, you know, then we turned around after that huge score that made it 27-24 Bama. You know, it really caused Bennett, I think, to to take more chances, ill-advised chances, because he felt like he was behind. He could feel the momentum changing as well. He throws two picks and back-to-back drives, which killed any momentum that the Bulldogs had at that point. You know, he shouldn't even have thought about throwing the one to start off the fourth quarter. They got him rolling right. Um, It was a late pressure by Alabama that had him rolling out. 
and he just chunked it, really. You've got to throw that out of bounds there. And I think he would tell you the same thing now. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, of course, but you can't take shots like that. Even when the momentum changes, you got to take care of the football. Then on Bama's next drive, more Georgia penalties, and then a crazy catch by D. Smith put Bama up 41-24. to And then Georgia missed a field goal later, and that's the game. You know, Bama runs out almost five minutes of clock, and that's it. Another game against Alabama where Georgia controls the game and the tempo for most of the game until the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter where we can't find a way to close. You know, the score says Alabama by 14, but it was much, much closer than that. And honestly, I'm excited. I'm excited for another shot at these guys in December because in the SEC championship, I think Georgia's defense will be different. They played well versus Bama. There were some bad penalties and busted coverages, and that's what I think will be different when we play in December. You know, But overall, they did a great job of forcing Bama off the field on key downs and forcing field goals instead of touchdowns. Plus, they were constantly put in bad positions by the offense in the second half by bad interceptions, and that was really the difference. Georgia's three turnovers to Bama's one. Our top performers from this one, Zamir White, Kendall Milton, James Cook, First time I had three running backs on this list, I think they all played well. They all did their job. Um, Zamir went 10 for 57 and a touchdown. Uh, James Cook had five carries for 16, but then had four receptions and led the team in reception yards with 101 yards receiving. And then Kendall Milton was absolutely awesome. Again, six carries for 44 yards, an average of 7.3 yards per carry. He looks so good, and, and Kirby Smart has spoke on him, and he's confirmed that he will get more playing time, and he's earned it. Kirby said that every chance he's gotten, he's gotten better. So that's really exciting to see. And then Jermaine Burton, four catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown. Him and Stetson Bennett have developed a relationship. It looks like he was targeted a bunch of times on third down, had a few big third down catches, some drops as well, so he'll have to clean that up. But I think as a freshman receiver, you can't ask much more from him than what he's given you. And then Ben Cleveland, I thought he had a great game. He was moving guys off the spot from his right guard position all game. I think his experience and leadership on the offensive line is a big help, you know, next to Trey Hill too. So those two seniors are a big help for these guys like Warren McClendon and uh, Jamari Salyer getting those first starts. You know, Jamari Salyer had some experience before, and now he's getting his, his first full season at left tackle. And then you got Warren McClendon who's getting his, what, that was his, what, fourth start? at right tackle third start at right tackle so he's got some improving to do but I think Cleveland's a big help for them there and on defense I mean they were on the field a lot this game Alabama had over 33 minutes of possession and that's a quick offense that you're having to cover for 33 minutes so props to those guys I mean Malik Herring had four tackles and a sack Nicobe Dean four tackles a sack and a QB hurry so those guys, I think those guys really made their mark on this game. And then there were some honorable mentions. You know, Tyson Campbell had a couple of really good coverages. I think Lewis Seen had eight tackles, led the team in tackles. Then on special teams, Jake Camarda, he doesn't give enough love. Four punts with an average of 49 yards. I thought the special teams would be the difference in this one. I said it last week. And it was a difference. I don't. It didn't come down to you know, just a few points, so it didn't make a difference in that aspect. But I think if it was closer at the end, it would have because of field position. You know, Bama's punter only averaged like 36 yards a punt and gave Georgia the ball at, what, the 40-yard line? And then Bama's kickoff team hit one out of bounds. And then you look at Georgia, 
Um, our kick returns, McIntosh broke a big one. So I think special teams is definitely an advantage for us against anyone. So looking ahead to the possible rematch in the SEC championship, you know, I think Georgia proved that they can hang with this Alabama team. I mean, we averaged almost five yards per carry, 15 yards per pass, over 400 yards of offense. And, and that, that's been its first road start. And it's in Tuscaloosa. So, I mean, we can clean up the interceptions and cut down the batted balls, get him rolling out of the pocket instead of sitting behind this huge offensive line, defensive line. I mean, he's 5'11", Stetson Bennett's 5'11", get him out, roll him out. And then, you know, we do those things and Bama's defense will be on their toes. And then defensively, Georgia has to make Mac Jones more uncomfortable with different looks and pressures, which is so difficult with the quality of Bama's blocking and the speed of their receivers. But if you can manage to get Mac Jones moving in the pocket, he won't be able to step into these throws that seem so easy, you know, with their speed at wide receiver. He had some time to throw. I mean, we had pressure a lot. I think our guys did a good job of batting balls, creating as much havoc as they could. But that being said, if these two teams do meet again in December, I think we'll see a much higher level of execution from this, you know, once again, young Georgia team. Remember, these guys didn't have a spring, so we may see a different team in December, especially with Bennett getting more and more game experience. He can only improve from here. So, dog fans, keep your head up. Georgia is still in the top four. We're still leading the SEC East and still in control of our own destiny. So I have my new segment, College Football Picks with JC, coming up later. But now we're going to do the dogs in the NFL. Georgia might not have blessed us with a win, but former Bulldogs in the NFL really balled out in the NFL action week six. So if you didn't get to watch, you had Lions rookie DeAndre Swift had his breakout game for Detroit against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He totaled 14 carries, 116 yards, and two touchdowns, including a long of 54. Giants rookie linebacker Tay Crowder, who was Mr. Irrelevant in this year's NFL draft as the last pick. I mean, he had a huge scoop and score for a touchdown late in the game versus Washington that helped seal the win. It was a tied game at that point. Plus, he added 10 tackles. So great to see Tay really take off in New York. And then Cincinnati Bengals receiver A.J. Green. He had an injury last week. We weren't sure if he was going to be out for this game. Uh, Tweaked his hamstring a bit, but he was back. Caught eight passes for 96 yards and a close loss to the Colts. And then Bears linebacker Roquan Smith having a big season in Chicago so far. Sunday he recorded 12 tackles in the win versus the Carolina Panthers, putting him on pace for a career-high 139 tackles and moving Chicago to 5-1 on the season. And now on to our new segment, College Football Picks with JC. I'm going to try to beat the spread. I might even compare myself to the Bear on college game days. I think that would be fun to see if I can stack up against the Mighty Bear. So I chose five games, just really the biggest games. I didn't really choose any that I thought I had the upper hand, although that would have been smart, I guess. But so our first one is from the Big Ten. The Big Ten starts play this weekend. Number 18, Michigan at number 21, Minnesota. Michigan is favored by three and a half. Give me Minnesota. Minnesota, the Golden Gophers are going to take down Michigan and Harbaugh this weekend. I just don't I just can't trust Michigan after what I've seen from them the last few years where they pay Harbaugh all this money and they can't seem to win and they sure can't beat Ohio State. 
Then number 17, Iowa State at number six, Oklahoma State. OK State's favored minus three and a half. You know, Iowa State already knocked off Oklahoma once this year, but I really don't think they can do it to Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State's more of a complete team than Oklahoma is at this point. So give me Oklahoma State to cover that three and a half. And then number 23, NC State at number 14, North Carolina. UNC is favored by 16 and a half. Give me NC State to cover that 16 and a half. That's a lot of points. South Carolina at LSU. LSU's favored by six. I'll take USC Junior in this one. Uh, Miles Brennan is good at LSU, but they're just having some problems defensively. And I think South Carolina's off. I think South Carolina's defense is good enough to keep Miles Brennan and the LSU offense off the field. And then Kentucky at Missouri, our last pick. Kentucky's favored by four and a half. I don't know about this one. Um, I like I like Kentucky to cover this. There's a possibility they could look ahead to Georgia next week and get thrown off their game here, but their defense, and especially their secondary, they've been really good at getting turnovers. So give me Kentucky. Those are my picks. We'll see how I do my first week picking them like that. I don't know. I think I'll be I think I can beat the Bear. He hasn't been that great this season anyway. So I'll have to see what his record is for next week and compare. But that's it for me, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Please make sure and follow us at UGA Football Live on Twitter. Next week, I will have a Kentucky preview as well as a special guest to break down the SEC championship picture. But until then, have a great week. Stay safe. Go dogs, And don't forget, Tyler Simmons was on sides.